All right, episode 82 of Look at My Records here with Mark Busey. Nailed it. A.K.A. Brewster. Hey. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm very, very relaxed. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. what I'm going for. <laughs> Trying to create a relaxed environment on the Look at My Records podcast. Yes, it's and working. Really happy to have you here, man. Uh, big fan. Thank you so Love much. your new record that you just put out. Thank you. It's amazing. Tell us a little bit about it. The record's called Forever Better Kissers. It's available on cassette and digital download. Tell me about it. You said you were working on it for a while. How yeah. How feel to have it out now? Oh, it feels great. Really great. I thought it might have been scarier than it turned it out being. It was not scary at all. Uh, I started writing it in probably around 2016 or so, so a little while ago. And then that process lasted. There was like there was a long process because I had never been a solo musician before. So there's a long process of figuring out what exactly I was going to sound like or what my songwriting even was. Even though I was writing in other groups before that, um, it took me a while to find my voice. I think it was like really synthy at, at the beginning. I was always a synth guy with like drum machines and all that. And there was a lot of that in there. And then that all kind of fell by the way. Yeah. You're talking about older songs, right? Yeah. I don't yeah, think they, I heard they, a they, single yeah. synth on this. There's record. a couple, there's a couple that, <laughs> <laughs> that made it in. Um, but yeah, I like songs that were either never completed or never yeah. made it to the final run or anything like that. Um, and then around 2016, 2017, I started getting into more songwriter uh, folk stuff, 70s, like a lot of country music. And that took up pretty much all of 2017. And that kind of shifted the whole way that I wrote songs or looked at songwriting at all. And that was kind of like the aha moment where I started kind of putting all the pieces together of what I had been writing through this new lens. And then, and then I ended up with what I have now. And when did you decide to kind of exit playing with bands you were in terrible terrible yes great band you're also in man dancing another yes. great band but what made you decide that you did want to kind of pursue your own thing and a solo well man dancing and brewster coexisted for a little while there really yeah i only just left man dancing this past fall um but while i was playing in man dancing that was a really good way to stay busy as a musician while i was doing stuff behind the scenes working on my own thing uh, but I had always wanted, I think I had always wanted to have uh, not only like total creative control, but something that I was just in charge of the entire vision of my whole life as a musician, but I never really got the guts to do it until, I don't know if I had the guts to do it when I did it either, but I just did it. You did it. Yeah. You got the guts, dude. You <laughs> got totally the got the guts. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Well, it's good though. Thank you. And so you recorded this whole record by yourself. I did, yes. And do you work with any other musicians on it? Yeah, they're, uh, Tom Devenko, who I met in Man Dancing, um, was an early supporter of my vision. And he, like, I, I think it was, this is a story we like to tell each other, like, I think it was the second time we had ever hung out. Uh, me and my girlfriend at the time went to his place and had like a little double date with his partner at the time and uh as tom and i ended up as what ended up being part of our friendship was once we had been drunk we started showing each other demos of what we were working on and ignoring who else was there 
and I was like, hey, man, like, I got this, I got this secret thing that I'm working on. Like, <laughs> don't tell anybody. And I showed him a demo for a song which didn't make the final cut at all. And he was so on board immediately. He was like, I love it. I want to play drums in your band. Uh, let me know when you have some stuff and I'll come over and we'll finish writing it. And then it was like a year and a half until I finally had the songs. And uh, so he... I wrote everything and then Tom and I would meet up and he would help me kind of take them over the finish line with like, okay, this is what a drummer would do. Cause I've never really quite been good at getting that full vision. As far as percussion goes, like I can probably figure out what I would do as a drummer, but I'm not a drummer. And so it was getting, he's a, an amazing musician that happens to be a drummer. And the way that he plays is just like totally unique and fit what we were. We had a lot of stuff in common that helped that a lot. So he's all over the record. He plays drums on the record. And then he was the drummer for the live band for maybe a year or so. And, uh, and then my brother, Charles Busey played uh, piano on, I think three songs and that is, and then everything else was me. So this grew out of man dancing. What sparked it originally? I, I don't, I don't want to say it grew out of man dancing, um, but it was, they were happy. Parallel. They were, yeah, it was parallel. Yeah. I was already writing for Brewster. I didn't, I didn't have the name yet, but I was writing something and Steve had asked me to mix his record that he was working on, which ended up, ended up being everyone else. And, uh, they needed a guitarist. And so I ended up playing guitar in the band and then we kind of ended up being a unit for that group. But all the while I was still working on this other stuff. And then eventually I was doing gigs when man dancing wasn't playing gigs as Brewster. Cool. Yeah. And so this took about a year and a half to get everything written, recorded. Uh, it feels like there. it was longer, but I guess if you're including writing, it was probably more like two, two and a half years. But once everything was written, it, it was probably about a year, maybe a little less. And did you go to a studio? You recorded yourself in your apartment or? I, it was recorded throughout several apartments that I lived in at the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. And do the songs have any connection to the locations at all or? Yeah. Uh, I always imagined the music being very New Jersey because I was at the time embracing being a New Jersey person. Good. I'm yeah. always embracing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I think I was, I was, uh, I was one of those like people with really itchy feet. It's like, I, Oh, I want to get out of my home state. I can't believe I'm still in New Jersey, blah, blah, blah. But once I started touring more and seeing other places, I grew an appreciation for New Jersey a lot. And now I really love it. And does a record have any themes? It's very intimate sounding. When I hear it, you feel like you can really connect with it on a personal level of, you know, coming of age a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Like that. Coming of age is big. Uh, growing up. Um, it was the end of my 20s, I would say, was, was the biggest theme or the, the biggest thing that was present in my mind while I was writing it. And a lot of it is not necessarily about, you know, mourning your 20s because they're ending. It's more about reflection on maybe mistakes made and things that you learned through that and uh, relationships with people and friends and lovers and whatnot that are intertwined through that and kind of seen through this lens of... Uh, yeah, I'll say growing up. That's what I like to say the most. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And it's a great <laughs> record. You put it. What What was the label that it's it's out on? A uh, good relation records. Good out relation Austin, records. Texas. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. how did how did you guys hook up with them? Brewster? That was a that was a Twitter exchange. Funny enough, um, it is run by these two people, Elise, down in Austin, and Kevin, who's currently in Berlin. Uh, but Kevin is from Union, New Jersey, originally, uh, though he started the label in Austin with Elise and. Kevin knew of the New Jersey band Fire is Motion, who I know as well. Yes, yes, yes. And they had some Twitter exchange that I saw. And so I was like, you know what? That couldn't hurt to follow a record label. So I followed them. And then they put up some tweet about, um, I think I remember it verbatim. They said, if you send us an email and tell us that your band sounds like New Order, we will sign you sight unseen. (laughs) (laughs) and i kind of like tongue-in-cheek responded and said what if it sounds like uh like jeff tweedy singer songwriter (laughs) stuff but with some new order type drums sometimes and then he said you're signed (laughs) and then i said wait can i actually email it to you and then that began the exchange yeah yeah. Well, that's a nice little story <laughs> <Yeah>. there. Because I <laughs> would you, think, Twitter. hey, what if I don't sound like New Order? Right, right. Yeah. Can I, I still send it? It's a, it's a personal policy of mine to try to say yes to anything that my my gut says to do. And my gut told me to respond to that. That's a good yeah. good policy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, everyone adopt that for the rest of 2019. Yeah. We'll have good things happening. But the record, the record sounds incredible. Thank I you. really, really like it a lot what do you hope people take away from it oh i just hope uh i hope that they can relate to it and i hope that uh the things that i learned through the events and feelings and whatnot that led that record to exist uh can help them out if they're feeling similarly that's very nice very well said (laughs) thanks very well said and what's next for uh brewster uh just keep uh, keep on trucking yeah doing a lot of live shows uh got a great live band right now who's um, in it we've got some new jersey heavy hitters uh all we've got a couple different drummers playing with me right now uh ryan hillsinger of agl studios down in new brunswick uh as he hopped on for our recent tour and has kind of stuck around since then uh sometimes we got uh, my buddy Doug, who is in the band Red House, Blue House, as well as Wishy Washy. And also from Wishy Washy, we have their singer-songwriter, Phelan Tupic, playing guitar. Uh, Ernesto Perez Jr. on bass, and he's in every band that matters in New Jersey, in my opinion. Greatest bassist in the world, I love him so much. Uh, and Tim Kelly on pedal steel, which has been a lot Ooh, of fun. Yeah. yeah, He made it into one song on the record. Uh, but mostly I had recorded it before he joined the band, but there was one that I had to get him on there. Yeah. You, every every good record needs a good pedal yeah, steel. Yeah, there will be a sure. lot more of that going forward. I'm excited. Yeah. So I love hearing a little pedal bit steel. He's been in there. He's, and he's an, un, not only does he just play, he's like an unbelievable pedal steel player, a great musician. Wow. That's and hard my to brother p- Chuck is an amazing piano player, and he's in the band as well. So tell me, so it seems like you have a musical relationship with your brother I do yeah you guys play a lot growing up together did you guys play in bands together not in bands together um probably just because we were 
like in that phase of childhood where you're like, I'm going to hang brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. That was definitely going on. But we grew up in parallels for sure. Uh, I mean, he was always a big, well, he was also like a metal head when he was a kid. Yeah. And I was not into that. Um, not, I wasn't not into it, but I wasn't a metal head at all. Um, and then he got into hip hop really heavy, which totally taught him how to, you know, eventually become a piano player. Um, so yeah, so never in bands together. I think we played in a band with my dad one time for a block party. And that may have been the only time that we actually were in a band together. I think it was 14 or something, but we always had a great relationship and it always involved music and we would jam together a lot. But this was the first time that we've ever made it official. I'd say. And what sparked kind of the transition of what inspired you musically from when I remember terrible, terrible, I think more synth related stuff. Yeah. To kind of Americana singer songwriter type of music. That was, it was definitely, there was, it, it actually all kind of ties into the stuff that I was writing about on the record in part of growing up and my 20s ending and all this positivity stuff that we're talking about while I was trying to uh I'm a, I'm a person that struggles with depression and so one of my ways to get past that was saying yes to stuff and and not being so negative about things and not trying to talk myself not talk myself out of them because probably that's rooted in me thinking that I'm not worthy of experiencing it or something like that and then that goes down to all the minutiae as well with like music that I had told myself I hated my whole life. Like, well, maybe let's give, maybe let's let's, give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. You know, um, a great example is I love Bruce Springsteen now and growing up, I hated Bruce Springsteen so much. And you probably can attest to this being from New Jersey. Like Bruce Springsteen was like the home football team, you know? And like, I was very, I was like a punk rock kid. I was very rebellious and, and, uh, I can't think of any other synonyms that'll work for that. But Bruce Springsteen to me represented all like it was it was very much like what your what your dad and his friends would listen to at barbecues while you snuck off to the woods and get high and I was like, But you guys like you don't listen to Radiohead, like you don't know what's up. <laughs> and you know, that and like Tom Petty and stuff like that. Just like I had it in my head as like, oh class of rock is stupid. Uh, country music is dumb, blah, blah, blah. I don't think I was listening to lyrics so much growing up. And then it, probably through the process of trying to write lyrics, discovered really, truly how important they are. Or I don't know if important is the right word, but how much I related to them. And uh, so I was so... <clears throat> Long story long, uh, I started let it go, let going of a lot of pretensions that I had yeah. and and notions of what I expected certain music to be like, and that really kind of blew open my blew open my lid, and I got really into band Wilco around that time period because they and they were a really good transition point because they were like all of the country and Americana and great songwriting through this kind of really experimental psychedelic stuff that I was always interested in. So that was a really great way to show me like, Hey, it doesn't have to be this one certain way. There's, there's a lot of material here to work with, to experiment with and to push boundaries with. And while, while being really honest and 
lyrical and poetic and stuff like that. And that was a really great way that led me to everything else, I'd say. Did you find there's kind of like a learning curve with stuff yeah. like that? Oh, yeah. What do you big think? Time. How, how, how did time. that go? How does that... It went really well for me because I was ready for it, Yeah, personally. By the time that I got to actual country music, like classic stuff, I was totally ready for it. Um, But in my experience uh, sharing country music with other people, if they don't already, if they're not already prepared for it, they're going to be like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard (laughs) in my life. But it's not. It's not. So let's let's play some songs from your new record sure anything you'd like to hear in particular i'd like to hear what you want to hear all right let's cue it up forever better kissers i think i do want to hear t-shirt from a tour good one being clever great and bird in an airport three of my favorites hey they're three of my favorites (laughs) too how about that (laughs) three out of eight odds aren't that bad anyway seriously i can't uh I really like gave a deep listen to this record. Mm. So well done. I know you put a lot of time into Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. You're saying a couple of years and well worth it. Everyone check it out. We're about to listen to two, three of these songs by Brewster. Where can everyone get the cassette? Oh, the cassettes. Uh, for now, you can get them at brewster.bandcamp.com. Nice. Through Good Relation Records. Uh, they'll ship it out to you from yeah, Austin. I'm getting one. Sick. Can't wait. Very cool. Um, and I have them at shows. So anytime you nice. see me at a show, I'll have them. And I'm probably going to put my t-shirts up online now, oh, too, nice. now that I'm not playing for a minute. I got a few of those left from tour. Brewster.bandcamp.com. Digital yep. download and cassette. Cassette. I love there. cassettes. Everyone get it. If you have a good cassette player, it sounds dope. Yeah, I haven't you listened know? to it on cassette yet. I'm looking forward to trying that out. I don't have a cassette We should yet. have a listening party because I just got this like sick... Oh wow! Look player. at that. Oh yeah, Nakamachi Dragon. That's kind of busted, but it's actually like I think they're all kind of crazy good. It actually shit sounds incredible. Awesome! It. Oh wow! So listening party. Cool. I'm in. I'm there. Here we go, everyone from the March 2019 record. That's when it came out, right? March 22nd, 2019 record, Forever Better Kissers. Boom, it's right there. March 22nd, 2019 record, Forever Better Kissers. We're hearing T-shirt from a tour, Being Clever, and Bird in an Airport by my guest, Brewster, Mark Busey. Enjoy. Enjoy, and we'll be right back. And I finished off your wine While you were off refilling mine you In a t-shirt from a toy A band you don't like anymore You lean your back into the frame of the door Started to work in you. You sat up to change. 
Just counting time 
right, welcome back, everyone. We heard three Brewster songs from his brand new record, Forever Better Kissers. We heard T-Shirt from a tour, Being Clever, and Bird in an Airport. Thanks for sharing those songs. Thanks for having me over to share them. Hey, anytime. You come back anytime, man. We are neighbors. Always welcome in the Look at My Record studio. Yeah, baby. Which is a room with a bunch of junk in it and stuff. <laughs> but before we move on to the second part, tell sure. me a little bit about these songs. Sure. Um, T-shirt from a tour is a song about making out. Um, nice. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a nice, it's like... Uh, my friend describes my record to me as uh, a bunch of, like, looking through a scrapbook of photographs from a series, uh, a period of time, and I like the way that he described that a lot. And uh, so... It, it has that feeling, too. It yes. does have that feeling. Yes. That's, well, it, it felt, feels warm and nostalgic, which is definitely. Which is great to hear for me, because it was definitely, that was the process of writing it, was, was kind of pro- processing things that were happening and... Uh, in a way that you would look back on them and see uh, see what was really going on there, which is interesting because there's a couple of the songs on there that have taken on very different meanings for me as time has moved on because I finished writing it, you know, over a year and a half, two years ago now. Um, and I wasn't really that sad at that point. Things were going great, but some things that ended up happening, I can now see in songs that I was writing like, I may have been subconsciously anticipating this a bit. And so it's interesting to see how that goes down. Like as if you were to look through a photo and be like, oh, you know, like, you look, he's eating that hot dog there. You know, he's this guy's going to get fat. That's like <laughs> kind of, what happens when I look at old photos of myself. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too, dude. Me too. I was once skinny and vibrant. We all were. It's, uh, the life catches hey, up with it's you. It's all good. We're still doing... Hey, everyone. We're thriving. Here. And we look great. We're thriving. We're looking good. Hanging out. <laughs> drinking some... IPAs, some domestic IPAs, you yep. know, whatever. Yep. Uh, but to, to, again, long story long. Uh, so T-shirt from a tour is definitely a, a little photograph of, of when you were first starting to get to know somebody that you like a lot. And uh, to me, in my head, it's that it's that night where you're hanging out and playing records and drinking and making out, and uh, and then in my self-deprecating way, I describe. Uh, putting on a song that's probably a bit too long and proggy for the mood <laughs> and, and, and she gets a little uncomfortable. I was like, do you mind if we just switch <laughs> it? <laughs> so, it's, so it's a nice little love song about that. Um, and then being clever, being clever was the first song that really kind of took shape when I was writing. And it's pretty much it, to me, it sums up the themes of the record in total. And it's uh, it's 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 kind of me apologizing to myself for mistakes that I made, and learning through them, uh, but in a way that's saying, especially the forgiveness, especially like it's okay that you made these mistakes because a little bit because it's who you are, and a big theme of the record too is is uh, part of who you are. Maybe there are some parts that you are not okay with and uh it's important to look at those and figure out why that is that 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 a that's not okay and b uh why you are that way and see if you would like that to change or not and that song is like that a lot and so it's kind of moves through things that i didn't like about myself that i thought 
uh, and they were definitely under a microscope of, of some pretty severe depression that made them sound a lot worse than they actually were, I'm sure. Uh, but in the end of the song, it's, it's, it's kind of saying, uh, forgive yourself for these things because there are some parts in that that make you who you are and uh, some parts in that that are really great and, and don't let go of that. And so I like that one a lot. I love that song. Oh, thank you. I like it too. Uh, and then Burden Airport. Burden Airport was also an early one that had me thinking that I was on to something, that I was, that I was cooking with gas at that point when I wrote that one. And uh, that song is about growing up and it's about uh, feeling nostalgic about your 20s and before and feeling like a bit of your life has passed you by and uh, feeling like that's okay and, and being okay with that. It's okay. Yeah. Also about okay. getting fat and wearing a yeah. suit that used to fit. Ah, I know that experience, dude. <laughs> I knew that's why I could relate with that to, to that song. You put it on and you're like, yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. I had to go to a wedding and this is uh, uncomfortable. Exactly. And it's too exactly. late to get another suit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you just got to roll with it. Yes. Yes. And I did. I, so John Mulaney has that new special where he has a bit about seeing a bird in an airport and it was after I wrote the song, and I was like, ah, because he, he says that nobody gives a shit if you see a bird in an airport. And, like, I was on my way to a destination wedding, and I saw a bird in an airport, and I just made a little note in my phone and said, oh, bird in an airport. It's like, oh, wow, that's really deep. That's really special. So deep. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like, well, man, he's in a... I'm, I'm not going to self-deprecate myself on air, but... Uh, <laughs> um, I like it. Thank I you. like Thank the connection. <laughs> I like you. it a lot. So I'm the bird is is the, yeah. is the whole thing of the song. And uh, and then John Mulaney has the bit where he's like, oh, you saw a bird in an airport. No one gives a shit. We've all seen a bird in an airport. And I was like, man, <laughs> John Mulaney, you continue to speak right to me and get yeah. to the core of who I am. He's just, he speaks to people. <laughs> yes. Hey, those are three really awesome songs. Everyone again. You can get the cassette tape via brewster.bandcamp.com. Yes. Also available via digital download. Go out and get it right now. Yeah, it's, on, it's on Spotify and all that. It's also stuff available too. on all streaming platforms. Yes. I always say that. But <laughs> go to the Bandcamp, though. Yeah, definitely. I go, love go physical media. If and Bandcamp this needs is some love. This is available on cassette, so get it. Feel it in your hands. I love feeling feeling it in yeah, my hands it's got great so, album artwork too it does it's very it nice out. album it looks artwork. great on the cassette yeah so hey that's my advice to you people go get that fucking cassette and that was threatening sounding but it's just <laughs> it's advice. cheaper than the digital download actually yeah. you save so a do, dollar if you get the that's <laughs> that's the shape that physical music is in right now it's like listen you save a dollar if you just get the friggin' cassette get the cassette it's a nice <laughs> nice thing to have all right now we're Gonna play some records that you picked for my record collection. Yes. Starting with the brand new album brand from new. Sydney, Australia's Julia Jacqueline. Yeah, I'd love to play this song Body by her. Uh, she has quickly become a songwriter that I really respect. And uh, I don't remember how I heard this song at first, but I, I've ended up loving the entire record crushing that it's on. Uh, but this first track, Body, especially, was the first one that gripped me. And especially the way it is composed with just 
the the pulsing like muted bass guitar with just the kick and the snare and her just just like barely touching the chords on the guitar and it really really lets you hear her vocals and her voice and her lyricism and what the song is about is is uh i am really into songwriters that write about minutia and she writes about this this experience with a what sounds like a like a stoner ex-boyfriend ruining a vacation because he smoked weed on a plane <laughs> so more music about airports i'm into that maybe brian eno's music about airports yeah. right right no, but that's okay but no that yeah yeah i mean i might be into airports that might be something yeah, i'm it's discovering a good, it's now. a good thing it's a good there's thing. a lot of people watch that it really says a lot about the human condition at an oh airport. for sure yeah. when you're at an airport you see a lot of different people going to different places. It's kind of like when you drive on the highway and you're looking at it's someone exactly driving along like that. and you're like, what is, what's exactly their story? Like that. What's their story? What are they doing? Where yeah. are they going? Something that I do when I'm feeling uh, lonely or depressed is I drive over to Newark Airport and I do the circle, uh, do the loop around yeah, the terminals. Yeah, I know that loop. And I watch people uh, uh, greet and say goodbye to their loved ones. And, yeah. it, and it reminds me that humanity and love is still in the world. Yeah. Like people, you know, helping their grandma get the luggage, out of the, the luggage car, out of the car. And like lovers them hugging hug. goodbye. It's just the most beautiful thing it in the world. It is beautiful. Yeah. There's it's, a lot it's, of, it's right over there. Yeah, there's a lot of humanity in the lane, the departure lane. Absolutely. The departure yeah. lane. <laughs> the departure lane the at Terminal song, yeah. B. Yeah, there it Terminal is. B, I'm Terminal gonna, C. I'm gonna make an, actually, that's pretty good. I'm going to write departure lane down. Yeah, right there you go. That's pretty good. Let's say... Uh, Let's let Mark, let's everyone give him a second to write it down, okay? Quiet, please. Everyone, Quiet, shh. please. Shh. Okay, we're good. Yeah. This is going to be gibberish in a week when I look back, but that's okay. But all right, we hearing, we're hearing the first track off of Julia Jacqueline's brand new album, Crushing. And what are we following that with? Uh, following it gonna, up with... Let's sh- see. No, I'm not going to do that one next. I would like to do... I'm going to I'm going to pick it up a notch after that. And I'm going to do uh going to do the song Sparky's Dream from Teenage Fan Club's record Grand Prix 1996. Is that right? I believe so. 95. Yeah. 95. 95. Close. Close. Um this was a song that uh I'm I'm super into power pop and this was an early one for me, and and I think a lot of my power pop influence shows up on the record and the faster tracks, uh, things like low stakes and stuff like that, yeah. especially. And Sparky's Dream was a big one for me. I had never heard a teenage fan club, and I think it even came up on like a Spotify Discovery or something. And I was like, this is just one of the greatest songs I've ever heard, and I've I've gone on to be a big fan. And so the songs I've chosen are kind of a going through our conversation before and i think this is a good representation for uh getting into some stuff that i probably wouldn't have been if i didn't give myself the chance great band great song great record good scottish boys good this teenage band club they're men now they are yeah you're right they're definitely men definitely men they're definitely men what do we got next then after that we're gonna jump up and we're going to play uh, Bruce Springsteen's The Ties That Bind from the record The River, which is one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen records. And uh, I I almost wanted to play Sherry Darling because that's one of my favorite songs ever written. But I think that The Ties That Bind 
makes a little more sense for this, what we're doing here, because this was one of the songs that I that kind of changed the way that I looked at Bruce Springsteen. I had always imagined him as the like Yeah, Clarence Clemens on the right. saxophone people. Right. right. Like just like the just like the bridge of Born to Run is pretty much how I imagined yeah. all of Bruce Springsteen stuff before I actually gave him a chance and really what got me into him was his lyricism like we were just talking about before his is just an unbelievable poet and it's it's so deeply american which is something that i really love in a songwriter and and not in a xenophobic way at all i just mean that there is so much to write about in the sadness of being an american and there's such a complicated history and especially now and you know and i've been spending a lot of time in middle america through touring and it's just like such a uh, it's very present out there. Yeah. The things that Bruce Springsteen writes about. And, and I just, I, I feel it a lot when I hear him sing about it. And, uh, the ties that bind is, is a really cool, like guitar driven kind of power poppy kind of tune. And he has that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's my Bruce Springsteen yeah, impression. Good impression. Yeah. So I just, I love that song a lot. So I, so that's in there. That is very well said. Thank you. Very well said. Thank you. What's on deck. And then after that, we're gonna, oh, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna come in with Sharon Von Etten's track from her brand new record, "Remind Me Tomorrow," a song called "Malibu," uh, which is, I, I think it might be my favorite song from her new record. Uh, she is a songwriter that I really, really love, and I think that she's gotten better and better with every record, and I think she's, she's approaching. Uh, I don't know the right word. I don't want to say a peak because it's getting, it's not going to peak. It's she's, she's approaching a really great period in her career and I'm, I'm grateful to be around for Me that. Me too. This really is something else. This record is incredible. It's un- an unbelievably wild record. And in Malibu, I want to follow the Springsteen track with this track because I hear the Springsteen influence a lot in Malibu, especially in the line, uh, that little red number that she says she's talking about this car in Malibu. Uh, and although this is one of the more subdued tracks on this record, um, I, I love that she uses the line, a couple of dudes that don't give a fuck. Just, <laughs> just like that. She just said, and she does that before, like the, 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 I shit in your bathroom line from, are we there? Uh, she's just, she curses and she pulls it off. And I don't think I've ever been able to curse in a song before. And I don't know if I want to, I'm a polite boy. You're very polite. Thank you. You're a good guy. <laughs> but I like Malibu a lot. Uh, it's one of her great piano-driven tracks. Um, it's got a really great melody. A bit of like a Portishead thing going on. And it's uh, some of my favorite lyricism on the record. So I'm going I'm to go with that one. Dope. Great pick. And Thanks. we're wrapping it up. We're wrapping this set up with... Yes. Some, some hometown Jersey. Yeah. Uh, Hoboken, New Jersey's finest... Yo la tango. Even though they don't live there anymore, they don't. They but don't. They'll uh, forever be associated. I, you know with what? I don't it. blame them. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame them. <laughs> I don't think anyone blames them. But I would usually say no offense, Hoboken, but I feel safe sitting here with you in offense, Jersey City. Hoboken. Yeah, <laughs> offense, Hoboken. Take offense or or change or change. It's never gonna change. Maxwell's is sitting and it's empty now. Yeah, have you seen that? That's really depressing. 
I feel like empty is better than the most recent incarnation yeah, of yeah, Maxwell's, uh, which terrible, terrible. Sucked. Actually, played at the new yeah. Maxwell's one time. They tricked us. I didn't know it was like they were like, "Hey, Maxwell's is a music venue again. Like, would you like to play?" And I was like, "Of course! Oh my god, I didn't know that was happening." And we got there. It was like the sports bar thing, and they yeah. had revamped the whole back and like taking out the bleachers and putting it i mean which is good stuff you know but it was just it was such a different vibe yeah they made the back room smaller it was weird yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and they like changed the bar layout and i was just like this is this is incorrect anyway that's a that's a long way to say that yeah. i'm gonna play a yola tango song <laughs> yeah uh i'm gonna play tears are in your eyes uh from and then nothing turned itself inside out which is my favorite yola tango record and Tears Are In Your Eyes might be my favorite Yellow Tango song. Uh, the, the, the hat trick of You Can Have It All, Tears In Your Eyes, and Cherry Chapstick uh, was huge for me when I first was getting into Yellow Tango. And Tears Are In Your Eyes specifically, I was, getting in, I was like really getting into Yellow Tango while I was writing this Brewster record, and Tears Are In Your Eyes was uh, one of the songs that helped me kind of get into this elongated whole note melodies with like very few chords very subdued instrumentation i'm not sure how much of that really ended up being on the record but it's still something that i consider a lot when i'm writing and listening and uh just it's just such a really beautiful song it's one of my favorites and it's a nice sleeper ending there it's a it's a great record and a great song so let's uh let's kick it off let's hear these songs Starting with Julia Jacklin, Teenage Fan Club, Bruce Springsteen, Sharon Van Etten, and the great Yola Tango to end this next set. Enjoy. We'll be back. We're not going anywhere yet. Not just yet. The police met the plane They let you finish your meal I know you'd like to believe it, baby But you're more keen than criminal Just a boy who could Get to a domestic flight Without lighting up In the restroom got cold Cloud of smoke thumbs still on the light You look so proud Couldn't wait to call a friend We had to fly back home Never got the money back for that weekend Right there on the Sydney tarmac To my luggage down I said I'm gonna leave you I'm not a good woman That's when the sound came in I could finally see 
past the truck Just a couple of dudes who don't give a fuck Tap the brakes and we slow down Just a couple of jokers on the edge of town In Malibu
We're back. Heard some records. Spun some wax. It got waxy. Yeah. We heard mess. Julia Jacqueline. Man, it's crazy. Julia Jacqueline. And then we heard Teenage Fan Club, followed by Bruce Springsteen's The River, followed by the new record from Sharon Van Etten. And we wrapped it up with oh, Yola New Tango. Jersey's Yola yeah. Tango. Yeah. Did we skip one? Did we? No. no, no, you can cut that out. <laughs> what did I cut out? No, you can cut me out. Oh, that's that all good. <laughs> maybe I'll keep it. Yeah, you maybe. never know. Yeah, it, I should be humbled. You're right. Oh, no. This is all fun. <laughs> this is all fun. Let the people see just, the real me. I'll just cut this out. <laughs> but hey, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of the show, but it was so great having you, Mark. It was a lot of fun. I, I feel like I've sung the praises of this awesome new record repeatedly and they're all genuine and it's awesome and it's an incredible record again everyone you can get it via brewster.bandcamp.com yes indeed cassette digital download available on all streaming platforms that means spotify apple music the whole shabam whatever napster's doing it's on whatever napster's doing it's uh (laughs) title maybe uh, I don't know. I never understand what the around. title thing is. Yeah, Jay Z's still like hanging on to that shit. <laughs> I don't know if it's on, if it's on title. Uh, if it is, uh, listen to and, it. And you have title for some reason? Go for it. Go for it, people. The record. Take that back. I'm sorry. If you have title and you like it, that's great. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to take that away from you. We're not limiting you, <laughs> yeah. title subscribers. We're not saying you can't you listen to the here. record. You're I welcome you to too. listen to it. I love it. you just okay. the same as everybody else. Exactly. And the record's called Forever Better Kissers, and it's awesome. What's next? Tell us what's going on. I know you're writing more yeah, a little yeah, bit. We're doing some you got writing. some gigs coming up in the summer. Yeah, I would say if you like the record, come see the live band because it's a little different live. Um, not terribly different, but uh, got a great big band. Uh, it's it's a fun rock show. I really have fun playing with these guys, and they're all so talented. And it's really great to watch them play, and very heartwarming for me to watch them play my songs with such heart, and and that's really lovely. And uh, so that's fun. Got some gigs coming. So I just got finished with a pretty long run of gigs. Um, so this was a cool way to wrap it up. Um, so I'm taking May off and hitting back again in June with some stuff that has yet to be announced. But uh, if you keep your eye on the socials, you'll be the first to know. Like Brewster on Facebook. Follow him on Instagram. Yeah, the handle Twitter. is uh, Brewster Tunes on Brewster all social Tunes media. Brewster Tunes on all social media. That's T-U-N-E-S, not T-O-O-N-S, yeah. which is something I did not have to spec- I did not know I had to specify until recently. B-R-E-W-S-T-E-R-T-U-N-E-S. There it is. Go check them out, people. Mark, thank you so much. Thank you, It was Tom. a pleasure. And Super we're ending fun. the program with one final song from Forever Better Kissers. Yes, we the are. last track on the record, it Low is. Stakes. It is. Tell me about this one. Uh, Low Stakes is a song that I like a lot, and it uh, it's about growing up. It uh, To me, the first track and the last track are kind of talking to each other on this record. And the last track is is kind of saying, uh, it's 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 me going through a bunch of ways in which I feel like I missed an opportunity or um, perhaps 
looked at an opportunity the wrong way and getting getting through that and and at the end of it saying you know what i don't know if it matters when you do something as long as you do it and it's always been a favorite of mine and i love it i love playing it live and uh something unfortunate about streaming is that uh, the last tracks usually end up being the lowest heard by everybody and uh, somebody recently told me that it was their favorite song and i was and it was very heartwarming it's a good song i like this i like it a lot so i'd like to throw it on here all right everyone thank you for tuning in thank you mark thank you slash brewster check out brewster on the internet everywhere bandcamp spotify check this song out in particular low stakes it's the last track on his brand new record here you go low stakes Despite your first impression I had her home by eleven And I could see in your walk That I'd be grieving and brooding Hanging my feet off the dock mm-hmm. And if I'm short a dollar A long bath in cold water Could keep me that way so I took off my jacket and shoes and I leapt in the bed Intentions, it's still two thousand.